You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremenges. I'm a fancy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to your Thursday episode. We're getting through this post-draft week, and it's been a tremendous week in my opinion so far. We've had a lot of good info come out at the Locked On Rams pod about this draft class this week, and we're going to continue with today's episode highlighting that 2021 NFL Draft class for the Los Angeles Rams, breaking it down into three segments and three topics like we always do it. The first, I want to talk about something interesting. It's related to an article that Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic wrote. She just released it, I want to say yesterday, maybe two days ago, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And essentially, she dove into why the Rams selected who they did and why they selected them at those spots. I think it's a very interesting article, and I really wanted to highlight two pieces from there. And then we're going to dive into the scouting reports for the next two picks that the Rams had. The second segment, UCF tight end Jacob Harris, and the third segment, defensive end from Northwestern Ernest Brown the fourth. And so I wanted to begin first with the article from Jordan and talk about the two interesting things that I picked up from this article. You guys should go check it out if you can. If you have a subscription to The Athletic, I'm telling you, it's going to be worth your time. But if you don't, I'm here to help you out. And basically, the two things that I think I picked up most from this article are, one, why the Rams took wide receiver from Louisville, 2-2 Atwell at 57th overall. And I think that's obviously one of the bigger questions pretty much everyone has for the Rams coming out of this draft. Had a lot of needs, you know, the offensive line in specific, and that's probably because Wide receiver is one of the deepest parts of the roster for the Rams, arguably the best position on the roster. And so a lot of people are wondering why the Rams went with a wide receiver this early when they clearly had other bigger needs. Not only that, but you double down with the fact that Atwell is only 155 pounds. I actually looked it up today on Pro Football Reference. There have only been a handful of NFL players to weigh in at 155 pounds or less. And the most career games played for a player of that weight was 36 by, I can't recall who now, the name is slipping my mind, but it was someone from many, many years ago. So clearly is going to be an outlier for the Rams for the position. And if he does ultimately have a nice, long, productive career, it's going to be one of the very few that we've ever seen. And so arguably very questionable pick for a lot of people. Myself, I think I understand it more, but Jordan highlighted in this article that she spoke to sources that said the Rams had intel that another team was getting ready to prepare to actually select Atwell if he did pass the Rams and that he would not be available for the Rams if they passed on him at 57 and tried to get him with their next pick, which if you recall was at number 88. And we know that teams do have intel in the NFL because we've seen it so many times where a team will jump another team specifically for one player that they know that team is going to take. And it happened in this draft as well. You look at the first round, the Philadelphia Eagles picking at number 12 overall, Dallas Cowboys at 10, New York Giants at number 11. The Eagles trade with the Cowboys, swapping from 12th to the 10th pick, 
which is funny because they are divisional rivals like the Rams did with the San Francisco 49ers in this draft. And they selected Devontae Smith with that 10th overall pick. But the reason they jumped over the Giants at number 11 was because they knew that the Giants were going to stay put and take Devontae Smith at that spot. And once the Eagles did that, the Giants ultimately knew they weren't going to sit at that spot anymore and they ended up trading back. But it just goes to show that teams do have intel in the NFL. They do understand the value of certain players. And while a lot of the media and fans and you know the outrage on Twitter was that Atwell was a reach, he wasn't worth the 57th overall pick and all that, the Rams knew that they weren't going to be able to get him with their next pick and they didn't want to be cute. They wanted to get their guy and they got their guy. And ultimately, when you look back now, I think it makes sense because Anthony Schwartz was another guy that we talked about in this podcast a lot as a speed vertical receiver. He got drafted in the third round and he is not a good wide receiver. I mean, he needs to learn a lot. I think Atwell is leaps and bounds ahead of him right now. And we know that the NFL loves speed. I mean, this is a league that gets to see Tyreek Hill play 16 games a season. They get to see this guy play every week. Everyone knows how good speed is. You look at even the wide receivers in this draft class, Jalen Waddell, who hardly played last year, got drafted over the Heisman winning teammate, Devontae Smith, simply because of the speed. Teams are always overvaluing speed, and that's why you know Tutu Atwell goes earlier than a lot of people expected, and a lot of these other guys are going earlier than people expect. So I think it makes sense. I appreciate Jordan breaking it down here, and it starts to, I think, make a lot more sense for everyone else who was really questioning this pick as to why the Rams went ahead and actually drafted this guy so early. Now, this kind of leads to the other part of the argument here, and that is the Rams passing on the offensive line. And now Jordan has some intrigue and some potential news here, kind of getting an idea here, knowing with what the Rams want to try to go with in terms of the offensive line into next season. And it's a little bit different than I think most people would expect. And apparently, per a source, the Rams are going to try to go into this next season or at least the offseason, the training camp period, with their line going Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, at left guard David Edwards, at center Austin Corbett sliding over, formerly at right guard, at right guard taking his spot Bobby Evans, and then at right tackle Rob Havenstein. So very interesting line there. Austin Corbett would be a first-time starter at center. We don't really know how he would play there. First-time starter at right guard and Bobby Evans, who I do not think is prepared to start. That line would genuinely worry me going into this season, especially with how not necessarily brittle Matthew Stafford has been, but man, that guy has went through a lot in terms of injuries and things like that. And I think he had like five, maybe six different injuries just last year. Did not play in every game last year. And now you're going to give him a first-time offensive line like that that has not all started together. And question marks at the center spot, at the right guard spot, maybe subpar average play at best at left guard. I think it's a very questionable tactic here. And it does make me worry about not addressing the offensive line even more. But the Rams seem to be comfortable with it. Offensive line coach Kevin Carberry, I'm sure, is going to love to get his hands on these guys. And ultimately, we're going to see if any of these guys can develop because the Rams did pass on offensive line at every single spot in this draft class. And that does mean that they're probably higher on their guys than a lot of other people are. And that is interesting because when we dive into this draft class, we know they did not pick any offensive linemen, but they did pick a tight end slash wide receiver, a very intriguing one out of UCF in Jacob Harris. And we are going to break him down in his scouting report in the next segment. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. 
You can find me at QB's MEP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Hey, Rams fans, listen up. Nugenix, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testfin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, which is their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the second segment of this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for sticking around for this one. And I did mention before the break what we are going to spend this segment on, and that is diving into the game of Jacob Harris, the new tight end for the Rams from UCF Central Florida. He was a fourth round pick by the team, number 141 overall. And we're finally making our way through this draft class. So I'm getting really excited now. You know, I've gotten a good chance to actually go back and watch all of these guys. We covered all of the players that were drafted before Harris. And, you know, now we're on to Harris. And we are going to finish off today's episode talking about Ernest Brown. And that does only leave us with three more players, all seventh round picks. So nearly made our way through the entire class. And it's fun for me to get to break these guys down for you. But it's also fun for me to learn who these guys are because... The majority of these guys, I didn't get to watch them play. So relatively new for me as well. And it's always an eye-opening experience to get to watch new players. So looking at Jacob Harris, I mean, when you actually just look at him from afar, the guy is an absolute freak. He played wide receiver at UCF, but he is going to transition to tight end for the Rams. So going to be a little bit of a projection style of play there. You look at the measurables, the athletics, absolute freak athlete, arguably the best athlete in this entire draft class. He's 6'5", 220 pounds. That is way too light, obviously. He's going to need to pack on some weight. You look at the arm length, 33 and 3 quarters of an inch. That's 92nd percentile. 81 and 1 quarter inch wingspan, 92nd percentile. The hand size, not exactly big. 10-yard split, not great. 40-yard dash of 4.43 seconds. That is a 77th percentile speed there. Four wide receivers. We're not even talking about this guy as a tight end right now. We're looking at the numbers as a wide receiver. 40 and a half vertical jump, 93rd percentile, 133 inches on the broad. That's 96th percentile, 6.51 three cone, 98th percentile. That is by far the freakiest measurement that he has here is the three cone. You should not be 6'5 and still running that fast of a three cone. Basically, that means you have your ability to flip your hips Unlike most players, like that's just the truth. That is honestly insane to say and to think. But at the end of the day, that's what happens when you are a freak athlete. You're going to put up numbers that the majority of guys pretty much just can't. So the testing is out of this world. Now talking about the tape, he didn't have a ton of production, 448 yards in 2019 and one touchdown, 539 yards and eight touchdowns this past year. And like I said, he was used as a wide receiver, not as a tight end. So it's going to be a big transition for him trying to actually change positions completely because at UCF, he was lining up either totally on the boundary outside of the numbers or in the slot as like a big slot style of wide receiver. 
And, you know, neither of those things are very applicable. Maybe he's going to line up in the slot a little bit with the Rams, but he's going to need to learn how to put his hand in the dirt, how to, you know, attach himself to the hip of a tackle and really be used to playing in a lot more space down there and being a lot more physical as opposed to playing that finesse style of game that he had to play as a receiver. Now, talking about some of the things that he does well, I mean, the speed jumps out on tape. You see it right away. And we're talking about running against safeties and cornerbacks, things like that where, you know, in the next level, it's going to be safeties and linebackers a lot easier. He eats up cushions so quickly. This guy is a long strider, but man, he is so fast and he can clearly get vertical. I mean, he was open a lot on UCF's tape. I watched it in 2019. I watched it in 2020, a couple of games, I think about five in total and their quarterback, no offense to him, but he's not very good. He was missing Harris a lot in terms of his reads. He wasn't even looking his way the majority of the time. So the statistics could be a lot better had he been just given more opportunities. But at the same time, you know, he's very raw. I mean, he wasn't really asked to do a lot as a route runner. The majority of things he did was either just run straight in vertical or, you know, right up the seam as a slot receiver. A few in-breaking routes or you know comeback routes like a five or seven yard button hook something like that but not extensive at all very very limited route tree he's going to need to be able to expand on that obviously at the next level he's going to need to learn how to just run the routes because he didn't have to really break or sink his hips in any of these routes a lot of the routes were just very very simple and basic he didn't really run any slants any in-breaking outs any out-breaking routes and i'm curious to see how the rams are gonna teach him to do these things now Talking about his blocking ability, the majority of it came as a lead blocker on wide receiver screens on the boundary where he would just punish cornerbacks for the most part. I mean, this is clearly a guy who's very happy to block. He's clearly willing to do it. He looks like he likes the physical aspect of it, but it's a lot different blocking a defensive end or a linebacker in the box as a run blocker there versus a cornerback who you're probably way bigger than, way stronger than, way heavier than. So It's going to be a little bit of a projection there as well, but I do like his ability to block and I do think he's at least willing to do it. So that's good. Now, again, a lot of a projection play. I don't know how he's going to transition to the inside, putting his hand in the dirt. It's going to be all very new to him. You look at some of the inabilities as a player and the rawness. I mean, doesn't stack cornerbacks all that well. He can eat up the cushion between himself and them very quickly, but when he breaks even and gets to that even point, He doesn't stack them all that well. He just pretty much continues to run fast. And that works a lot of the time because of the God-given speed that he has. And he's going to continue to pull away at that point. But I think he needs to work on his ability to stack. Definitely needs to work on his route running, his route stems, attacking leverage, positioning, all that kind of stuff. I like him coming off the line of scrimmage, actually. He actually was very patient as a receiver in college. You know, he used his hands pretty well. He knew how to actually downsize the strike zone for a cornerback and actually not give them his chest where they could obviously slow him down coming off the line of scrimmage. So that was good. One of the areas, again, that I am concerned, a lot of drops, a lot of concentration drops, a lot of double catches. He lets the ball come into his chest a little bit too often. He needs to work on the hands for sure. I think PFF had him credited for 10 drops over the past two seasons. So There were a lot of Rams fans that complained about Gerald Everett and the concentration style of drops that he had. Man, if that's the case, I think a lot of people may get frustrated with Harris relatively quickly. Needs to definitely work on the hands a lot. But at the same time, you're talking about one of the world-class athletes in this draft class, a former soccer player, good feet, all the speed in the world, all the physical talent and profile in the world 
needs to just continue to work on the route running, work on the transition to becoming a tight end, putting your hand in the dirt, blocking defensive ends, getting stronger, getting faster, getting bigger at the end of the day, learning how to stack cornerbacks, stack safeties. And at the end of the day, just keep working on those hands. If he can do these things, I think ultimately he could be a very good pick. And I think he's absolutely worth his draft selection. I mean, there's no question about that. The Rams did mention that he was their number one ranked special teams player in this draft class. So that's obviously a good thing. He's going to come right into the team with an immediate role. And that's playing special teams, probably on kickoffs, kick returns, punt returns, punts. That is a guy you can carry on your 46 man active game day roster. So clearly a defined role right out of the gate. Needs to just continue working as a developmental tight end, but he is going to be afforded that time because the Rams do have Tyler Higby at that spot, who's a proven guy, and Bryson Hopkins above him, who also could be very well another good receiving threat for the Rams. So I like this pick. I enjoyed watching his tape. I think you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy watching him in the preseason and things like that. And if he does develop a little faster than expected, potentially on the offense, but the Rams do appear to have a relatively good developmental player here i'm intrigued by harris's addition and that does wrap up his scouting report and in the next segment we're going to dive into fifth round pick ernest brown of northwestern the defensive end and we're going to talk about what he does well and what he brings to the rams defense this season and while we've got you make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the locked on rams podcast where we're going to continue our scouting reports on the final three draft picks of the rams 2021 class baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft has just passed and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You heard me correctly. I said 20 years. That's two decades, guys. We know there's no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID stuff that we are going through. So if you are a person who likes to do things yourself or you're simply a professional who's looking for reliably low prices, you should absolutely check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all of their available parts. If your car needs it, there's a good chance that they have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you today on the locked on today podcast are the miami heat headed for the play-in games get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts welcome back to the final segment of this episode of the locked on rams podcast this is your thursday episode and i mentioned what we're going to dive into here in the final segment And that is the scouting report on Northwestern edge rusher, defensive end, Ernest Brown IV. I finally found out what those damn Roman numerals meant. The I, the V, it's four. Okay, we got it down now. I'm not going to forget it. I promise that. But this is a guy that the Rams picked in the fifth round with the number 174th pick overall. Clearly a guy that I don't think many people knew about. I certainly had never heard about him when he was selected. 
was a complete question mark in my mind. Never even heard of the guy. So I went into this with completely no bias, never really even knowing what to expect. And I came out pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to lie. He didn't profile as an edge rusher, in my opinion, just based off of what he looked like in terms of the athletic profile, six, four and a half, 270 pounds. But you look at the 40 yard dash 5.01 seconds that's 11th percentile very bad 10 yard split is 8th percentile not good the arm length is pretty long actually wingspan pretty long and you know the three cone not great 7.19 seconds that's 58th percentile not a ton of explosion in the vertical jump 25th percentile broad jump 53rd percentile so very subpar to average athlete at best but man his tape is a lot better than i expected now It really just depends on what the Rams want to do with him because he is limited athletically. He's not going to play full-time on the edge. He's not your prototypical edge rusher who's going to, you know, bend up the arc like a Dante Fowler and use his athletic gifts to just beat tackles one play after the next. But if you are talking about the Rams being in a 3-4 defense, which is what they run in terms of their base defense, I think Ernest Brown certainly fits that. Now, You know, if they are in base in 3-4, he's going to play that Michael Brockers role, that Aaron Donald role where he's going to have his hand in the dirt. He's going to be classified as a 3-4 defensive end, not an edge rusher, not one of those outside linebackers. I said that in quotations where, you know, Leonard Floyd is an outside linebacker, Obo Okoronkwo is an outside linebacker, but in reality, they're just edge rushers. And, you know, Ernest Brown is not that, I don't think. I think he's going to put his hand in the dirt. He's kind of like that Morgan Fox style of player where a little bit too small to be on the inside full-time, but not athletic or you know gifted enough to play on the outside either. So a little bit of a tweener. Now, when they are in base in 3-4, like I said, I think he's going to play that five technique role, which is where Michael Brockers played last year. That just essentially means he's going to be right over a tackle with his hand in the dirt. I think that's the perfect role for him on running downs. And then on passing downs, might play a little bit of defensive end, a little bit of edge, might kick a little bit inside to that defensive tackle spot like Morgan Fox did. So a little bit of versatility to do that. He did that at Northwestern as well, played on the edge, played a little bit on the inside on passing down, so has that versatility. Now, some of the things that he does well, and this kind of aligns with Bobby Brown the third, the guy we talked about earlier this week, um, the Rams drafted him from Texas A&M. He is so strong at the point of attack. Like, this guy is going to be a legitimate player on rundowns. I mean, as an edge rusher, he was hardly ever moved off the ball. I'm talking like he's standing up these tackles and they're not moving him at all. And half the time, he's just shedding them whenever he wants. Like, he is so powerful. His lower half, the strength from his lower half, you can just see how strong it is. His torque, his ability to use his hands and his length in his arms all very good. I mean, the guy is a good run defender. He's going to reset that line of scrimmage. And I think that's what the Rams wanted out of this guy. They drafted him to be a good early down run defender. And that's probably mostly it because as a pass rusher, you definitely see the lack of athleticism on tape. He's not really going to win on the inside because he just can't penetrate that quickly. And on the edge, you know, he doesn't have that bend. He doesn't have the three cone, but he does have some active hands. You know, he can use his hands and swipe offensive tackles hands away and he does have the power to push those guys back so he can collapse the pocket a little bit but as a run defender I love this pick because this guy legitimately has a lot of strength a lot of ability to play the run you see him make tackles in the backfield you see him disregard offensive linemen with ease I mean he is very good with his hand placement his leverage is absolutely absurd that's arguably the best part of his game is just sinking his hips 
and using his strength and his length to win at the point of attack against tackles. He does such a good job of keeping these guys out of his chest plate, keeping them off of him and actually being engaged until the running back makes a decision in terms of which hole he wants to go with. Then this guy, Ernest Brown, so good at actually just shedding tackles and going to make the play or at least forcing that running back to, you know, try to avoid Ernest Brown and then, you know, having to bounce the run to a different hole or whatever and helping his teammates by that time to go help him and tackle. So very impressive player, a lot better than I expected. I think he's going to be an impact run defender in the NFL, play him at that five technique spot in the three, four defense, let him play head up on a tackle, reset the line of scrimmage. And, you know, on passing downs, maybe come in every now and again, just for a breather for someone else as an edge rusher or as a defensive tackle. But you talk about just his ability to get his hands up. He blocks passes, you know, his ability to actually just stop the run, reset the line of scrimmage, allow for his linebackers to be kept clean. I think it's all a very important part of this game. And ultimately, you know, he does win sometimes as a pass rusher. Now, very limited in how he does it. You know, he has that two-hand swipe or, you know, the power that he plays with, but doesn't have the agility, the bend, that kind of stuff. You look at some of the PFF numbers, only one sack last year, which obviously isn't great. But at the end of the day, he actually led the Northwestern team last season with 26 total pressures. So clearly he can get after the quarterback a little bit, just very limited in terms of what he can do to get there. Now, the win percentage as a pass rusher, 10.9%, that ranks sixth on their defense. So again, clearly some ability to get to the passer, not a ton. I think at best, this is going to be your Morgan Fox replacement where, except better against the run and probably a little bit worse against the pass. And that's kind of how he profiles going into this league is, you know, you're going to play him a lot on early downs as a run defender, graded out very well for PFF as an early down run defender last year, had a 77.9 grade. That was the second best, I believe, on Northwestern's defense. So clearly a guy that can do that. You look at his run stops. He had the most on the team with 22 and an average depth of tackle of 1.68. So again, just a great, great run defender. And the Rams know what they want to do with these late round picks. And it's always to find role players, guys that can fill specific roles, not necessarily guys that are going to be superstars. You play this guy on special teams. He's going to give you snaps on special teams going to give you snaps as a run defender and be very good at that, like a Sebastian Joseph Day. And then, you know, you can leave him in as a pass rusher every now and again to give someone else a breather. Not going to be at his best in that role, but I definitely think the Rams got another solid role player at this point in the draft. And that's really all you can ask for in the fifth round. That is going to do it for Ernest Brown's scouting report, as well as this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for making it to the end of the podcast and make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We continue to await Apple podcasts to fix up their little issues that they're having with their newest update. While we've got you, make sure to check us out. You can check us out on Spotify, Megaphone, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere else, the Odyssey app, just not Apple right now. We're still waiting for an update. So I appreciate you guys for understanding there. You can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.